The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as done and bother. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Watched a Thing. You've got Billy, you've got Topher, and we indeed did watch a thing. How you been, friend? About the usual, mate. How about you? Not that great, actually. I feel kind of under the weather. Don't know what's going on. I'm very chilly today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I mean, it is cold, but you and I famously very much enjoy the cold. (laughs) Look, I mean, is there the possibility that it's the old two-day hangover? Could be. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Judging by your text messages from two nights ago, very much could be. What was I meant to do? It was my sister-in-law's 30th, mate. (laughs) Oh, look, you did what I would have done. Um, No judgment here. See, the the problem, the problem was the mixing, because we went there and I was like, you know what, it, I'll just, I'll have a quiet night, I'll drive, I'm only going to take two beers with me. I forgot that I hadn't had lunch since the day before, so already the two kind of 9% beers were too much for me. It already stopped me thinking. And then when a mate pulls out the rum and coke and I was like, yeah, buddy, <laughs> that's where it all kind of fell downhill. <laughs> Can I offer a A pro tip here. Never have rum and coke. Eat some food, mate. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you you one thing. No matter how bad I'm feeling, better than this fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, what did we watch, mate? We checked out The Woman in the Window, a 2021 American psychological thriller film directed by Joe Wright from a screenplay by Tracy Letts, uh, based on the 2018 novel of the same name by A.J. Finn. It stars Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Fred Hedger, and Julianne Moore, uh, co-starring Anthony Mackie, Wyatt Russell, Brian Tyree Henry, and Jennifer Jason Lee. What a wild cast. <laughs> and what is it about, mate? How are half of those people co-starring when they're in the exact same amount of scenes as Julianne Moore? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. If right? not more, in fact. Well, that's exactly right. Bit ridiculous. Silly stuff. Silly stuff. What's it about? Um, it's about Joe Wright trying to do Hitchcock by way of Fincher and <laughs> failing. Yes. Yes. So, crazy thing. 20 minutes into this movie, I'm like- this, mo- this movie knows that it's Rear Window, right? It knows that that's what it is. I look up the Wikipedia for both the film and the novel it's based on. Not a single mention of Hitchcock on either of those pages. Like it's trying to pretend that this is an original piece of work. <laughs> Maybe the author like goes into Wikipedia every day and <laughs> yeah. deletes what people have written there. Yeah. Um, so- Based on, as I understand it, uh, a not very good book by a guy whose personal life is more interesting than his novels, the trailer for this film uh, is old. A trailer for this film came out like 18 months ago. This film is old. The film itself is old. I was going to say, I I have a bit of beef with that Wikipedia entry claiming this is a 2021 American site. This is a 2019 film, which is quite obvious from the moment the film starts with the logo for a studio that no longer exists. (laughs) Like when it starts up with the old 20th century Fox, like they didn't even replace it. So, this thing's been delayed a couple of times for varying reasons. Yeah. Um, The latter of which is probably that the studio knew they had a pretty bad film on their hands and wanted to 
uh, hide it. Yes. Slash just sell it to Netflix and cut your losses. Yeah. Um, the film itself was retooled by Tony Gilroy, the same filmmaker that came into quotation marks fix Rogue One. Yep. Um, because when they first showed this film to test audiences, yeah, the response was, I guess, possibly even worse than <laughs> what it is to the finished product now. <laughs> well, later on in the Wikipedia entry, the last line of the kind of opening paragraph is, upon release, the film received scathing reviews. <laughs> so, I mean, to be worse than scathing is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, like even even mixed is normally code for it's a stinker. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, most people might assume that this was delayed due to COVID, but no, it was delayed due to poor test screening. So, it was completely re-edited is my understanding. Yeah. And I think they reshot the end. Right. Um, and then it was delayed because of COVID. <laughs> and then I think it was delayed even further. Which is weird because it seems like the kind of film they should have released during shot. Yes. that's If they released this- Six months to a year ago. You know what the problem- The problem is that the cast has outcalibered this film. The problem is that no matter when this movie dropped- Like, think about it. If this did drop during COVID, yes, it might have been easier in some ways to ignore it. But at the same time, you see a movie come out during that period with the likes of Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, and there's not a lot else out. I actually think- Yeah, I don't know. It might have received even scathinger reviews- <laughs> But it would have got eyeballs. Yes. Because what else were we doing? You put out a Netflix film with big names. People were about someone being shut, literally a shut-in. Yeah. And people were going to watch. True. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have liked it. Well, that's the thing. They would have watched it. I'm not sure how many people they wanted to watch it. (laughs) That's a very good point. Yeah. (laughs) So, the film starts off with Joe Wright doing his best Fincher impression of moving a camera around cool architecture. Yeah. Um, It's like- Rear window meets panic room, only it's shit house. We then get into the bones of the story, such as they are, which is about a woman with. I'm going to get this wrong. Is it is it agoraphobia or agrophobia? See, I always say agrophobia, but I I think it technically is agoraphobia. But I'm neither a doctor nor a good English speaker. <laughs> yeah, could be anything. <laughs> um, and so she kind of engages in a bit of. A bit of people watching. Yep. As you do, As you I do. guess. Yeah. I mean, who didn't last year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hers goes more interesting because she witnesses a murder. Yeah. Or so she believes. So she believes. Not many people believe, but she believes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, again, not long into the film, Tracy lets Bob's up in a scene. Yeah. <laughs> this film- Written by the enormously talented Tracy Letts, which makes it really shocking that he's willing to put his face to this. I know. Celebrated playwright Tracy Letts. And I think, arguably, the two worst things about this film are the screenplay and the direction. But I think the screenplay, obviously, is where it all begins. And this is a (laughs) You're in real trouble when that's the two worst (laughs) things about a film. Yeah. This is a bad, bad screenplay. It is- The dialogue is just god-awful. I can only imagine- First, I don't know why Tracy Letts chose to adapt this from a book. If the book is supposedly terrible, maybe he thought, oh, yeah, I'll make it better. 
he didn't. <laughs> I can only imagine that much of the dialogue was taken directly from the book because it is, it is bad. <laughs> I assume a check had a lot to do with his decision to take on this job. So then <laughs> just, just stepping through this film again, again, early days, um, this kid turns up. Who's moved in across the street? Well, okay. Use of the word "kid" there is what an odd character. How old is this guy meant to be? Was he sixteen or seventeen? Either way, he doesn't look that young, and he rocks up practically asking for a juice box. (laughs) And I'm like, mate, this 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 is like a fully grown man, and I'm getting the vibe that I I just I I don't understand the character. So he turns up from he he lives in this house that she spends a bit of time watching, comes into her house and almost to a level of when we're introduced to Jared Leto in, <laughs> what was it, the, the little things? Yeah. Basically waving a flag saying, I'm a murderer. He, he starts letting the cat lick his fingers and, and I can't remember exactly what he says, but something about enjoying the licking of fingers and cats, I don't know. I'm like, mate- this kid's not right. Real creepy stuff. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand the I the turn from her saying, no, I, I, I'm not ready for guests, and then letting this random kid in. I never understood that turn. I know that her fear is of going outside, not of letting people in, but you would think there's some kind of link there between letting some random dude into your house. I suppose they could try and hang the hat on the fact that she is a child psychiatrist and maybe it's like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is kind of my thing, helping- Young, definitely murderers. But again, I'm going to look this up now. So he was he was 21 when the film was shot. To, to be honest, that's closer to a teenager in terms of age than I mean, it's not as bad films, as Dawson's films Creek. Films tend to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dawson's Creek. They were like turning up on set with their kids who were in high school. <laughs> the film does that. It it tries to give us. It tries to throw us because it's introduced us to this kid who's definitely a murderer. We then meet the the tenant who lives downstairs. Yep, also definitely a murderer. <laughs> definitely a murderer. And they a lot of the time that we see him, he's under this overhead light. Yeah. So that his eyes are completely <laughs> in shadow just to make him seem more unknowable and maybe murderer-ish. Yeah. <laughs> um, he doesn't seem as murdery as the kid. But like you said, I think there's probably bodies somewhere. Well, I mean, he claims his occupation is singer-songwriter, so there's something not right with the guy. <laughs> we then meet for um, for one scene and one scene only. Yeah. We meet Julianne Moore's character. Easily um, the only good scene in the film. And also definitely a psychopath. When she's oh, like, absolutely. She, she does this other- There's almost like a maniacal laugh behind- Take another drink, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yes. like, okay, how many, peop- how many people has she killed? <laughs> I know. That's the strange thing about this movie is that I think you're supposed to feel like Amy Adams is going crazy. But the problem is that there's not a single normal person in this film. So, it kind of- it, you, you miss that feeling of craze because everyone's batshit. Hmm. <laughs> You said maybe the only good scene in the film between Adams and Julianne Moore. That's a real- I was trying to think of another meeting in in a film of the past, say, 20 years of two people with such high, it's time Oscar vibes. Now, eventually, Julianne Moore 
did get one, not for what she should have. She definitely should have won for Boogie Nights back in the 90s, but in the end got one. So good for Julianne Moore. Happy for her. Um, the It's Time thing's been happening with Amy Adams for a while, probably since she didn't, I mean, maybe most especially since she didn't win for the Master, which is almost 10 years ago now. Um, unfortunately, she's now on just a stunning cold streak, probably since Arrival. I mean, Arrival is brilliant. You're saying uh, since after Arrival. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. yes cause- because Arrival absolutely rules. Arrival is brilliant, yeah. Well, this, I'm sorry to say it, Amy, but she's not good in this film. Absolutely not. And I want to feel for her, but I can't because I've seen examples quite recently of good actors working with terrible material and they do a lot better than this. This this is such a bad performance that, you know, you might be able to forgive this film if you had a lead who could really carry it somehow. But, sh- man, I, it's it's so bad. <laughs> and like we've said, we neither of us likes the script one little bit. But I think even with that in mind, it's still by so far the worst Adams performance I've ever seen. Easily. I, yeah. I struggle to believe that it was Amy Adams on screen and not a CGI representation of Amy Adams. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Absolutely. Julianne Moore, I feel, is the only actor in this film giving anything. I mean, Gary Oldman is another actor who's, you know, very well-renowned, great character actor, abysmal in this. He won an Oscar for Joe Wright's last film, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe Brian Tyree Henry makes it out intact. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, he has very little screen time. but And again, he's the only character who you don't think immediately is batshit crazy. (laughs) Yeah, true. Both in terms of screenplay and direction, I think, the film wants us to feel like she's always, not just that she's always anxious, but in fact, always like on the edge of terror. Yes. And I think the hope would be that that would feed into a level of tension watching this film. Yeah. And it lands with absolutely no weight at all. I agree. I actually feel like there's plenty missing in the screenplay and I don't love the the pacing of it. I think that there are the film really wants you to to feel like she is going crazy and I don't think it gives you enough for that. You know, you get like the one scene with her therapist at the start, you know she's got agoraphobia and you know she's kind of, you know, peaky, <laughs> but that's it. The reveal of what happened to her family is so labored, like you know it's coming from a mile away. And yet when it does happen, you're like, well, this is kind of too late. Like, like you're not giving me this early enough for me to understand and and feel with this character, even though you know it's coming from the beginning of the film, I think. Maybe maybe the one thing of credit I could maybe dole out to the film in, in that respect is that in that very first, there's an early phone conversation that she has with her husband. And I remember watching it thinking, this is so badly put together like this did yeah. not sound like two people <laughs> and it can't be the easiest thing to act phone conversations quite frankly some people are amazing at it like philip seymour hoffman was an absolute god at it yeah um yep. this phone conversation i was just watching going wow there is there is definitely no one on the other end of that line and, and then i was okay okay well in fairness to the film there was no one on the other end of that line. Now, whether it was intentional or not i don't know but if, if we're going benefit of the doubt <laughs> Okay, it did that one thing well. I I don't believe it was intentional because obviously she's agoraphobic. She doesn't leave the house a lot. There are a lot of phone calls in this film. The the first kind of 40 minutes or so, there's a lot of back and forth phone calls. 
all abysmal, all terrible. The other problem I had, I don't know what is going on, but for some reason, I found it very hard to discern in a lot of these phone calls who she's talking to. And it's strange because Tracy Letts and Brian Tyree Henry don't have similar voices. But for, oh, and Anthony Mackie as well. But for some reason, there are some scenes where I'm like, is she talking to the therapist or her husband? I, I, I couldn't tell. I don't remember having that problem. <laughs> you might you might be out there on your own on that one. I'm telling you, just poor editing, mate. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with, yeah, just dump on the film more. Is, like, that's actually fine. <laughs> um, can, I, can I call bullshit on the moment where Amy Adams' character hears somebody scream? Like, oh. these houses look like they could also be bomb shelters. And she's meant to have heard someone scream, not only in her house, yes. which is built like a brick shit house, but from another house over the other side of the street, which is also built like a brick shit house. And, and it's, a, it's a big street. We know that from when she runs across with the stupid umbrella. I'm in quite a new suburb here. We've got small blocks. I can barely hear my neighbour yelling at her kids at night. And that's very loud and most nights. <laughs> I hope that they can't hear us too. <laughs> And your eaves basically touch that house. <laughs> Practically. <laughs> yeah, there's no way she's hearing that scream as loudly as we heard it. <laughs> here we go. I'm, I'm going to clutch at another straw here, Billy. Okay. The, clutch away. The first, three, the first three seconds of the film, that, that snow effect, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it starts off with like three good seconds. Let's talk about the look of the films. I don't think we have really yet. Um, I don't like the look of this film. I don't know what kind of, I was going to say stock, but I mean, let's assume that this is shot digitally because let's face it, it probably was. I found that movement in this film looks very, very strange. Every time Amy Adams walks away from the camera, her body doesn't look like a human body, the way a human body moves. And maybe that's intentional to show that she's kind of not quite right in those moments. But it really took me out of the film, and maybe it's just me, um, but I, I just think there was something odd going on with whether it was the frame rate or who knows, maybe they did have to digitally replace certain things in the re-edit. I'm not sure. With their digitally replaced Amy Adams acting badly. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is like, I, I would say there's a, um, for the most part, the way that the house, which is obviously the main set, is lit, there is an unreality to it. Mm. it. It doesn't look like how a house looks with lights on when it's reasonably yeah. dark outside as it is for decent chunks of the film. Now, that in, in and of itself, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's clearly a choice. Yeah. Um, so, that's that's not bad or good. But most- for, I mean, for the most part, in terms of the look of the film, the, ca- the camera placement, the camera movement, all, all I was thinking throughout the runtime of this blessedly under two-hour film was- this is Discount Fincher. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. I think we've we've seen so much Discount Fincher. We don't need another attempt at it. Just try be original. I, I don't think this film is gripping or thrilling enough to, to pull off Fincher anyway. I think this is an odd film because it masquerades as a psychological thriller. But really, this is a very slow-moving drama for the most part. You know, there's I don't I don't think there's a lot of- 
mystery in this film. And I do think that that's because it's poorly written and, and a lot of stuff is telegraphed very strongly very early on. Like I said, you know, when you, when the reveal happens about her family, there's no shock there. Um, but, I mean, I certainly didn't at any point wonder what was happening or what was- which is clearly what the film is trying to do. Even if you're fully expecting the things that are coming, there isn't even like a- just a bit of, oh, that's fun when the reveal happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, I and like for me, I'd put it down to just how thoroughly unengaged I was with the film as a whole. Jumping to closer to the end with a another note that I've got here. Um, Psycho Kid from across the street. Is he also a ninja? <laughs> how is he getting about this house? Yeah. He didn't, yeah. Make, he didn't make a sound? Yeah. It is odd. I I wish that they had kind of explained the layout of the house a little bit better as well. Because as you say, the house is a a character in this film. The house is one of the main characters in the film. And we've spoken about in the past when, when set design is done so well that from one or two shots, you can understand the layout of the house and where everything is. Even recently with, I think we brought it up with Malcolm and, and Marie, where from that very first shot- you know the layout of the house. In this, when you first meet her tenant, it was very confusing where he even lived. She even said at some point, you know, you can come in through the house. You don't need to go outside and come back around. But it wasn't until she actually, I think later on when the cops came, she said he lives in the basement. In the finale, when she runs upstairs to go outside, I'm like, well, fuck me. There is no way that there are this many flights of stairs in this house. Like, we've seen this house from the outside. It's big, but it's not seven flights of stairs big. <laughs> Why is she only renting out one room? <laughs> like, like, she's clearly- We haven't seen her have a single client. She's clearly not actually working that much at the moment. Why isn't this place a fucking bed and breakfast? <laughs> She'd be a banging host. <laughs> What's for breakfast? Last night's red wine. (laughs) I would actually stay there. (laughs) You would, yeah. How weird is the moment then? And out of nowhere, this film is like, oh, also now we're going to be a gore fest for a few seconds. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to slash her in the face with a rake. (laughs) It's so weird and doesn't fit the film at all. And there are there are brilliant psychological thrillers like this that can take that kind of gory turn and work. A brilliant example is Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I don't know if you've seen that movie. For the most part, it's a psychological kind of drama, even cross thriller. And then just towards the end, you get very similar to this film, the, the big chase in the house and blah, blah. And, and in that film, it works because the tone is set. This film doesn't feel like it has a tangible tone, you know. It's not really trying to be anything. <laughs> it's probably trying to be a watchable film. Well, it's failing. <laughs> I feel like we've ragged on it enough. Do you have any other notes? I'm probably happy to move to scores, to be honest. All right. So, I mean, it doesn't sound positive for the film. How are you scoring this? Yeah, look- this film's really bad. I had a, a <laughs> just a terrible time watching this movie. Um, two, two out of ten. I hated it. Yeah, it's funny, you know. For some reason, looking at my score, I had given it a three. And after having this discussion, I'm like, why did I give it those extra points? Because 
It's not like any of the acting's very good. Um, yeah, I'm going to drop it to a two as well. Cop that, woman in the window. <laughs> Look, I can't recommend it. If you haven't seen it, um, and hopefully you haven't, because, you know, then you're still just living your life, not, you know, not with the weight of this awful film on you, uh, don't see it. Yeah. Can I tell you one good thing to come out of it? Do it. Got to the end of the film, realised it wasn't my profile on Netflix that we watched it through. <laughs> yes, it's not going to be in my algorithm. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of the end of the film, just before we move on completely, are we to believe that this woman is healed within nine months? Yeah, red wine will do that to you. <laughs> the other thing I have to say, and look, again, maybe this is just me. Why not six or 12 months? Nine is an oddly specific number. When Where it first came up, I went... Holy fuck, she's had a baby. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's a very deep thing that taps into, like, rebirth and, and that kind of thing. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Maybe maybe we're just not at the level of the, the film, Billy. That's probably it. That's probably it. <laughs> I mean, in most cases, that's actually very believable. But since the whole world <laughs> hates this film, I think we're probably okay. All right. What are we getting to next week, buddy? Well, next week we don't even have to log out of Netflix because we're going to be doing Zack Snyder's new film. <laughs> Been too long since we did a Snyder film. Um, <laughs> so, Army of the Dead. That's right. That's right. I, I'm actually fairly keen for this one, I think. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be good. I'm, I got fingers crossed for some good gore. Yeah. Not like rake to the face woman in the window, why is there <laughs> gore in this film gore? Like just some actual proper good gore. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we'll catch you next week. Watch a movie, folks. <laughs> <laughs>